Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. I am so glad you're here. Today we are continuing our three-part series all about how to save money when you're decorating your home. And one of my very favorites is to shop the house. We're going to push you a little beyond what you might be thinking about shopping the house. Push you a little maybe outside of your comfort zone. But here is the thing. All of the pieces that you have already purchased, that you've already brought into your home, you have already vetted. So keeping that in mind, and if you know your aesthetic, shopping the house is one of the best and easiest ways you can refresh your space on a moment's notice without spending anything. All right, grab your notebook, grab your pen. You're definitely going to want to take some notes, and I'll see you on the other side. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. When we were living in our very first house in Iowa, it was a sweet, charming, 1600 square foot, two bedroom, one bath, little bungalow built in the 1950s. It was charming and it had a really sweet kitchen. Off of the kitchen, of course, was the living room. On the other side of the living room was a dining room. And on the other side of that was a sunroom. And if you are from the Midwest, have visited the Midwest, you know that those are a dime a dozen. Having a little sunroom so you can enjoy the outdoors without being in the outdoors. <laughs> I loved this little home. And what it ended up being, if you if you kind of followed my little layout, what it ended up being is I could be in the kitchen and my teeny tiny little Owen, who is learning how to walk, then learning how to run, would be able to literally take a lap. He would run from the kitchen into the living room, through the dining room, into the sunroom, and back again. And if we needed to get some, some energy out, that's what we did. And it was great for hide and seek. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because... When times were really tight, when we were strapped for cash, there were times when I, because I stayed home with the boys, and although I loved it, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have extra. We didn't have excess for me to go out and buy the new pillows or the new things, the new art or the new furniture because I wanted something fresh. I had to reimagine. I had to repurpose. And I had to recreate. And so we're going to focus all of our attention on those three things today, reimagining, repurposing, and recreating. Now, last week, if you are, are just tuning in last week, we talked a lot about refinishing, repurposing furniture and refinishing them in different ways. And if that's 
at all of interest to you, I suggest that you go back and listen to that episode. I think it's 156, maybe 157. But today, we're not going to necessarily land there, though that is, of course, a recommendation in shopping your home. But we're going to talk about reimagining. So if you can picture that little layout, what you would see is in our dining room, it wasn't a big dining room. It was enough for a pretty sizable table, probably, I don't remember the measurements, but probably about 65 inches or so. It had six chairs. And then we had a little tall, not even a hutch, I think it was literally a bathroom cabinet actually, that we used as our china cabinet in the corner. We could have put a plant there, but we needed something for our china. That was it. There wasn't much space for anything else. It was teeny tiny. If I would have left from the dining room and walked kitty corner into the sunroom, the sunroom wasn't very big either. We had a couple plants in there. It had the door to leading to the driveway. And actually, if you were a friend from Iowa, you remember that that was our front door. So we knew friends were coming over, they would use that entrance rather than coming to the front door. We knew that if someone knocked on the front door, we didn't know who they were. <laughs> we were not expecting them. Back door entry was, we loved it. So, so charming. But in that room, we had two chairs, a side table, and a couple plants. It wasn't very big as well. But one day I decided to refresh the space. It was June. It was lovely weather outside. But if you are from the Midwest, have been in the Midwest, know about the Midwest, you know that sometimes June brings bug infestations. (laughs) Sometimes you never know what infestation it's going to bring. But that year it was particularly bad. And I wanted to feel a little bit more outdoors. I wanted to feel as if we were eating outdoors without eating outdoors because the bugs were so bad. So one day I decided to change the location of the dining room and the sunroom. So the two chairs I had in the sunroom, I moved to the dining room and vice versa. I moved the dining room table into the sunroom and we had the dining room table in the sunroom for about two months, maybe three months. It was such a lovely way to feel like we were outdoors eating alfresco, but not without the disturbance of the bugs. This is a really good example of reimagining space because a lot of times what happens is when we first move into our homes, where we place our furniture is where our furniture kind of lives and dies. It is almost as if there's an unwritten rule that once the furniture is placed in this spot, there is no moving it. Now, that isn't true for everyone because I'm not going to overgeneralize, but it is true for a lot of people. Think about your parents' home. Think about the last time you visited your grandparents. Think about your own home and think about where that furniture is and the last time you moved it, not just to vacuum underneath or not just when you bought the new piece of furniture to replace an old one, but think about the layout of where it is. When I think about my parents' home, for example, I, I've seen different iterations of couches and different iterations of armchairs, but they have been in the exact same location since I was in seventh grade. <laughs> it's a long time. And they've taken down mirrors and they've taken down things here and there, but pretty much that layout in the living room is the exact same. And if I walked into their dining room, Yep, pretty much there is the exact same layout. 
the dining room table where it's at, the little side hatch where it's at, and a plant in the corner. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It absolutely does not mean it's a bad thing. But if you are wanting to refresh your space, if you're wanting to refresh your home, and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, the good news is we can stretch our imagination. So instead of stretching our budgets, we're going to stretch our imaginations. So here's where I want to really break it down for you today. When we think about shopping the house, a lot of times we think about moving the little pieces, the lamps, the textiles, the artwork. Those I call peripheral pieces. And that's a really great place to start. It's a fantastic place to start. But what happens if we move the anchor pieces? Okay, If you're wondering what is an anchor piece and what really is a peripheral piece, let me explain. An anchor piece is a piece that is either built into your home or it is a piece of furniture that is too costly to replace every couple of years. Good examples are couches, dining room tables, armchairs. Anchor pieces depend on each individual person. So I know for me in my home, my couch was a larger investment so that is definitely an anchor piece. My armchairs were not a large investment. My armchairs, although I don't want to go out and unnecessarily spend money to replace them, I didn't spend a whole lot of money on them. Your anchor pieces are completely determined based on your budget. Your sofa, probably an anchor piece. Your coffee table, maybe, maybe not. For me, my coffee table is an anchor piece. I spent a little bit more money on my coffee table than I did on my armchairs. My side tables, not an anchor piece. Anchor pieces vary home to home, person to person, based on your own budget. A peripheral piece are all of the teeny tiny little elements of design that add the layers and the depth and the texture and the nuance to the design. They are small, but they pack such a mighty punch. These are things like pillows, blankets, floor lamps, table lamps, the decor pieces like books, vases, candles, artwork. They're all the teeny tiny little pieces. They are the things that round out the entire room's design. So when we think about shopping the house or when you've heard that term before, chances are you've thought about it just in terms of moving around and shifting the peripheral pieces. And that's a really great space to land. Let's talk about that first before we move into moving around the anchor pieces. There are two approaches you can take here. Either way, I encourage you to start with just one room. So imagine we are going to refresh the dining room. That is the room we are starting in. You have two approaches here. One approach is to remove all of the peripheral pieces, keeping the anchor pieces exactly where they are. When you remove all of the anchor or the peripheral pieces, you start with a blank slate. You might have removed lamps and books and plants. You might have removed artwork. You might have removed candles or centerpieces on your dining table. You may have removed table runners, curtains even. Removing all of those and starting with a clean slate. Now, before you put anything back in, I want you to give it a deep clean. But as you put things in, instead of going to the pile of the things that you just have removed, go look around. Look around your home. This is the time for experimentation. What lamps, artwork, plants even, books, little decor pieces can you bring in that might be living somewhere else in your home? Maybe you're pulling things from your bedroom, the library, 
your living room. Maybe you're pulling things even from your kiddo's room. This has just become a ginormous game of moving, living, decorating dominoes. (laughs) And it is so much fun. As you experiment and you try different artwork or different lamps in places that didn't normally belong there or didn't, you know, normally in air quotes, didn't belong there before, you will now have a hole in the place in your home where you took it from. And placing different pieces back in those holes, you then end up, instead of just working in the dining room, you end up then refreshing, unbeknownst to you, several spaces in your home. Now, here's a quick tip. Remember a couple things. Remember that should you be pulling things out of your living room or your bedroom or somewhere else and you're bringing them into a room that might have a different color formula, a color palette, just remember that if it's bringing in something, introducing a new color or a new metal or a new wood tone to your space, just remember that it should be repeated at least three times within that space. As you are styling, I want you to be encouraged to take a picture, step back, get a big view of your space and take a picture. Oftentimes you'll see discrepancies within the lens of your camera. Sometimes we miss them when we're looking at it live or really up close. So take a step back, snap a picture, look at it through the lens and see, does something look a little bit funky? The second approach might be a little safer and you might not have as big of rewards, but you could just go piece by piece by piece. So instead of removing all of the peripheral items within your dining room, we'll say, you're just starting with one piece. You are starting with the books that are sitting on the credenza. You're starting with the tray that is sitting on the centerpiece of your table. You're starting with the floor lamp. You're starting with the table lamp. You're starting with one piece and you are just focusing on that one piece and you're taking it out, putting it somewhere else and removing, moving something in its place. This approach, to be quite honest, could be the one that could be a little bit more problematic because when you're starting with a blank slate, as in the first approach, you are able to play a little bit more holistically with the overall refresh. But when you're starting piece by piece, it's sometimes hard to see what the outcome could be. So it's really up to you. Do you have time to remove the peripheral? Do you want to play it safe and not do a whole big refresh? Do you really want to have that game of living, breathing, decorating dominoes or not? So either approach is great. My approach tends to be remove it all, start from scratch. Many of you are probably going to be fine just shopping the house by removing and moving around the peripheral items, but some of us might want something a little bit more. If we are just longing for a refresh and our budget just won't budge, you might want to think about playing around with your anchor pieces. When you do that, you can take both of the same approaches that you did with the peripheral pieces. Approach number one, take everything out of the room you're wanting to refresh. Let's say we're wanting to do our living room we're going to take all the pieces out. And by out, you might not be able to move the couch because it's so big, but you're going to remove it as much as you can. So in my space, I know I have space to pull it back into the eat-in kitchen area, but I'm going to remove my couch. I'm going to remove my side chairs, my side tables, my coffee table, my rug. I'm going to remove all of it give it a deep clean. And then as I start putting back in different pieces, I might actually pull from these items because realistically speaking, I might not have another couch to put in its space. 
but can I reimagine it now that it's in this new blank slate? Can I reimagine it in a new position in the living room? Removing these items as best you can in order to get a clean view of the room will help you to imagine the possibilities. This is time for you to just really play, to experiment. There is no risk. You've already vetted all of the pieces that you've brought into your home. Now it's just time to play. See if you can get the layout unstuck from where it's been stuck for maybe 5, 10, 15 years. See if you can move it around a little bit and have some fun. What is the worst that can happen? You move it back. And if you're really thinking that maybe you will hate it when you move it, take a picture. But chances are you won't even need the picture. If you have been living with the same layout, kind of like my parents have since I was in seventh grade, (laughs) you won't need to take a picture. It is just, you're just going to naturally gravitate. If you don't love it, you're going to gravitate to putting things back the way that they have been for ages and ages and ages. And the second approach, if you don't want to remove all pieces, start with the little ones. What happens if you move a side table out? Can you put the side table from your bedroom into its space? I don't know. What does it look like? You have permission to play here. And you may love it, you may hate it, but you won't know unless you give it a try. You won't know that that really cute tufted bench at the end of your bed that you don't ever use except for to collect clothes actually looks really cute sitting underneath your living room window. You won't know that unless you give it a try. So friends, give it a try. Three additional tips that you can use when you are either playing around with your peripheral items or your anchor pieces. Tip number one is to think outside of the box. Kind of like I did in my Iowa home when I thought, huh, I wonder what the dining room table would look like in the sunroom. There was no harm done moving the dining room table there. But I want you to think outside of the box in terms of repurposing items that might normally serve as functional items in your home. In this case, I want you to go through your kitchen cabinets. Yeah, I do. I want you to think about cake stands, cloches that you might use for putting cupcakes underneath on a serving tray. I don't know. I want you to think about trays, charcuterie boards. I want you to think about those items in terms of decoration. I want you to think about vases that you have hiding in your closet. Can you bring those out and have them on display? When we have things that are tucked away anyway, not only does it create more storage for us to just manage all the time, but when we bring them out to be functional pieces of decoration, your load is lightened a little bit. When functional pieces that you bought for that one time, that one party, that one purpose now become commonplace, not only is it a beautiful working piece of decoration, you will use it. No more do we need to have those things tucked away for the special occasion. Bring it out. Use it. Enjoy it. Tip number two is to really think about the risk you're taking. Is it very big? When you're moving things out of the room into other spaces, the risk is not big. Your risk assessment is basically zero. (laughs) Other than maybe you would hurt your back. So make sure that you move big items with a buddy. That really is the risk assessment. There, done. It's done for you. (laughs) And then tip number three is to just have fun. You have permission to play. There are no rules that say that your furniture has to stay in the space that it's been for the last 10 years. There are no rules that say that the lamp that you bought for your living room needs to stay in your living room. There are no rules that say that you have to keep the throw pillows that are on your bed 
on your bed and not in your kiddo's bed or on your couch. There are no rules. The rules that you create for the for your home are the rules that you create. And in this case, they're meant to be broken. So you have my permission. You have permission in general. Experiment and have fun. Friends, I want to see how you refresh your home when you shop your house. I want to see. So make sure you come over to the Facebook community. Share your picture with us so that we can be inspired, encouraged, and delighted by all of the inspiration that is surrounding us. Have fun and remember, trust yourself because you've already vetted all of the things that are already in your home. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.